Welcome to From the VC's Bookshelf, a podcast from TBR, the College System of Tennessee, the state's largest higher education system. In this series, we examine how we might re-envision the work we do and how we work together as we move into a post-pandemic world. Please join our host, Dr. Heidi Lemming, Vice Chancellor for Student Success, as she leads a live discussion with industry experts and leaders throughout our system. In our spring 2024 podcast series, we are leaning into themes found in the real world of college, what higher education is and what it can be by Wendy Fishman and Howard Gardner. This series will focus on presidential perspectives on leading today's community and technical colleges and the issues and concerns facing TBR college students. In today's podcast, I'm excited to be talking to the president of Nashville State, Dr. Jackson. Welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited about this conversation. We're kicking off our series by talking about this book and also reflecting on some leadership lessons from presidents as they navigate this space nationally with this conversation around the value of higher education. Um, So let's do a brief recap of the book for our readers, or for our listeners, sorry. And again, The Real World of College uh, is diving into how Things may play out for students um, at particularly um, non-vocational institutions. So we have to make that distinction because we obviously offer vocational training. So they don't interview folks at technical and community colleges per se, but they interview students more than they interviewed more than 2000 students, alumni, faculty, administrators, parents and trustees at 10 institutions ranging from highly selective liberal arts to less selective state schools. So both of the authors of this book argue that higher education in the U.S. has lost sight of its principal reason for existing and that they've coined this term higher education capital is the reason. That is to help students think well and broadly, express themselves clearly, explore new ideas, and be open to possible transformations. So the authors make an argument through their research that what students are mainly concerned with is not what we hear about in mainstream media, but rather getting good grades, developing a resume, and concerns over mental health issues and a lack of connectivity to others. So I am excited to explore these ideas with you and your perspectives. Um, Let's start first. Again, this focus of the book is on non-vocational higher education. So our institutions in in TBR system have much different missions. And I'd really like to hear kind of your thoughts about how Nashville State's mission is thinking holistically about how to prepare students for life beyond college. Absolutely. So I have to step back a little bit and say when, when I was in high school, I didn't know anything about community colleges. And so my first community college really opened my eyes because when I heard college, it was this four-year institution, right, residential. But community colleges, especially comprehensive community colleges, have a very clear mission, but it's broad because we do more than one thing. 
So we do prepare students to transfer to a four-year and work on those first two years and those basic skills and getting them ready. But we also put students in the workplace. So that vocational uh, mission is still very much a part of who we are. But we have to prepare the whole student. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's not just one thing uh, that's happening at Nashville State. And, And you can see it in being one of the most racially diverse community colleges and, and having a large population of adult students, that students come to us actually for different reasons. Right. And so part of that mission is understanding what it is the student needs mm-hmm. and making sure that we provide that and help them get to the finish line. And so I do believe that our mission is to create a well-rounded individual who leaves us with skills to do whatever's next for them. Right. One of the things that I love, reason why I asked you to sit for this podcast, one of the things that I really love is that you've always had a strong connection to students. Um, you know, a little bio here about, you already know all this, but for our <laughs> listeners, right? So your career in higher, higher education started with a part-time te- teaching job that led you from a career in manufacturing to your current role as president. So you grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and um, I know your father had a college education, but um, was first gen, right? That's correct. And he instilled in you the importance of going to college as a gateway out of poverty and how important it would be to really make your dreams a reality. That's correct. So, I mean, you have that perspective. Certainly, you're bringing that with you into your presidency. And when you think about the mission of Nashville State, um, but you know, 20 years later, after you know, getting an EDD from Tennessee State University and working at positions of All State and Columbia State, um, and by the way, let's not forget that you were an Aspen Fellow. <laughs> You've done this now, <laughs> uh, Presidential Fellow and uh, New Presidents Fellowship in 2021. So you've also had this excellent experience yes. um, to be a fellow. Um, you've now been at Nashville State since 2018. Yeah, unbelievable. Six years. Yeah. So, and and you making uh, significant transformations at the institution during that time. And I know you feel like it's just now kind of really <laughs> kicking in. So think about like, again, this perspective you're bringing to the presidency. How, if you were talking with another president, um, particularly in this national conversation about the value of higher education, what do you say to them? What would you say to them about your advice of like, well, this is what we need to be thinking about when we're talking about working with this generation of students? Well, that's a, we don't have enough time to answer that question, (laughs) I don't think, but so I'll try to be concise in my answer. Um, You know, we have to think about the evolution of higher ed. Right. And, and kind of that foundational piece and who higher education was really for at the beginning versus who it's for now in 2023. Right. Right. And I think being in the state of Tennessee and, and being a part, you know, at a community college in 2010, when we said, you know, we're going to outcomes formula and then we're going to have Tennessee Promise that came in 2015 and, and making it available for all really mm-hmm. means making it available for all and that you're going to get students especially at community colleges like Nashville State, went with various backgrounds. I grew up in a two-parent home. Mm-hmm. Both of my parents were actually college educated. My dad was the first in his family to go. I knew I was going to college. But today, 
over 40% of my students are still first gen. Mm-hmm. And we still have a lot of students that don't know how to navigate. So what is higher education really for? Mm-hmm. And who is it for? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the question that people are trying to answer. What is the value of higher ed? And so, yes, being at a community college, I'm trying to help people get to that next step, mm-hmm. whether it is the job or whether it's to the four-year. But it's all about learning how to be an effective communicator, how to think critically, how to problem solve. And when we look at the issues of the world today, we need more of that. Right. The innovation that you see, I mean, just think about the changes in technology. Like, where did that come from? And and you'll find a lot of that came in higher education and asking questions and searching for answers. So other presidents, we're having the same conversation because the, the national conversation isn't necessarily what we're seeing in our service areas. Mm-hmm. You have more and more rural communities saying, we need more of you. Mm-hmm. We want a stronger presence. We want more people to be educated because we know that that also impacts economic development and growth. And so to have that skilled workforce, whether it's the actual physical skills or whether it's using this brain that higher education opens up is the conversations we need to be having. So it's not really about the dichotomy of vocational versus liberal arts, because at a community college, you're offering general education courses that are trying to teach these critical thinking skills. And you're probably hearing from employers like those are important too, not just the skills, right? That is exactly correct. You know, once you can get past the soft skills, can you you help them get here on time and stay all day? And after that, it's, they don't communicate well. They don't understand what we're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they can't take simple directions and go do something. That's a part of that critical thinking, the problem solving, the working through things. Employers don't want to have employees who are waiting to be told what to do. Right. And in higher education, it's the one thing that we really work on going from, you know, maybe K through 12 where you might have those sheets that, you know, tell you exactly what to study. I don't know how many times I've heard students say, where's my study guide? Like, there is no study guide here. You're not going to have a study guide when you get in the workplace either, um, is how do you teach those skills and build on them every semester? Because they don't always stay. And Mm -hmm. so we're really trying to capture them when they get here and give them some good things that they can take with them. Right. So that's actually something you have in common with four-year institutions when we think about just kind of those basic learning outcomes that you're hoping students achieve. That's correct. Yeah. So even though the book, again, focuses on four-year, there is some similarities with what a community and technical college is doing in terms of preparing students for life Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you look at general education and and the components of it and your English and your history and your fine arts, you know, you are trying to build a well-rounded student Mm -hmm. that also knows accounting. Mm-hmm. He also understands biology. And so those courses are still very important and relevant today, even though students don't always connect the dots. Like, right. why am I taking this history class? Because you need to understand about the world. Uh, what do they say? We're doomed to repeat it if we don't know our history. And, and right. I think being able to relate to the world and the events that are happening in a more significant way um, is a part of that general education core that's still very important. And, of course, I think we probably should mention to our listeners, 60% of our students intend to transfer on and go on to a four-year, right? So we're also preparing them for that. That is correct. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, 
So the authors have this framework um, that they think it's, you know, about ways that students might think about uh, the experience at college. So there's inertial, transactional, exploratory, and transformational. I'm curious um, what your reactions are to this framework in, in the book and, and if it applies to community and technical college students. I think it's fairly accurate when I think about who my students are. So I have the traditional high school student whose parent wants them to go on, and so they just show up on our doorstep and say, I'm here. Mm -hmm. um, you have those students who think that's just the next step for them. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know why I'm here, but I know I'm supposed to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have a lot of adult students who are coming back to us, sometimes for the first time, never mm -hmm. been in college, that are really coming here to transform their lives. Uh, and then you always get that rare student, and I think more rare um, than who I interact with who's trying to figure it all out. Mm -hmm. And so I think the frameworks are, are fairly accurate for the students that I see at Nashville State. Right. And what do you think are the challenges of working with students who might see the institution in terms of just that inertial or transactional piece? It's very difficult to retain them. Mm -hmm. Talk um, about that. So my former institution, I used to do the parents meeting. And so I had to talk to them a lot about, you may be motivated for your student to be here, but they may not be. Mm -hmm. and, and what does that really mean? Because if if I can, you know, make sure they have transportation to get here, um, that I can help them with their finances and textbook and all that good stuff, but they really don't want to be here because they don't know why, it's very hard to retain them. And so what we're trying to do at Nashville State is do some early career exploration with students mm -hmm. to try to figure out what is it that you really want to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of students can't answer that question. Um, and what I find in our surface area is because they haven't been exposed to right. all the career opportunities. We have so many students that want to be nurses, mm -hmm. but they couldn't really tell you why. Mm -hmm. They just hear about it. That's where the jobs are. But when we do that career assessment, you might find out they would be great in IT cybersecurity. Right. Okay, I can say that to you, but you don't really know what that means. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to figure out how to work with our employers to make that more real for students. Like, what would that look like as a job opportunity? And so that early career exploration and really focusing in on some apprenticeship opportunities and working mm -hmm earn and work and learn opportunities to get students connected to possibilities they didn't even know about. Right. And I think that helps with the checkoff, that I'm not just here mm -hmm. because I've got to take these courses to get on to the next step, mm -hmm. that I'm on a pathway to something that's going to be pretty cool that I didn't even know about until I stepped foot at Nashville State. And that's the work we're trying to do on that early piece right. of career exploration and not wait until they're finished with their program to start talking to them about jobs, yeah. but starting that conversation early or the next step. Like if you know you want to be a social worker, mm -hmm. you're going to have to get a bachelor's degree. Let's right. talk about what that really means. Right. And gosh, there's so many programs where you read the title and I... You don't know what that is by reading no the title, idea. right? I have no idea. And so once you expose to them, like, there's all these other different pathways. Like, you might have wanted to be a nurse, but there's so many other things that connect to that, too, right? That could be a better fit. That's correct. You just I, don't know what it is. <laughs> I remember talking to a Tennessee. Um, I've been a mentor for years. Right. And um, during the pandemic, I uh, was connected with a student, and uh, we were talking. So what do you want to do? She said, I want to be an influencer. 
Uh-huh. You know, Everyone so wants to be an influencer. I was on the phone, so she couldn't <laughs> see my face. And so, you know, you start talking about marketing, you start talking about business, and I could tell by talking to her, she had absolutely no idea what I was really talking about. Mm. Um, but she knew that she had a grandmother that was a phlebotomist. Mm. And so maybe she went from being an influencer to maybe I want to be a nurse. And it, it was just a disconnect. And mm-hmm. I wish I had had more tools at the time to really work with the student because they come here with all these things in their mind Mm -hmm. and then they just have to pick a box for that application and a major. Um, But the influencer and and what I see in my surroundings is what I know. And I want to work really hard at Nashville State to help expose students to what's possible. Right. Well, and we haven't done ourselves a service with federal financial aid where, unfortunately, like when I was in college, I don't know about you, but I mean, we could really kind of take yeah. different classes to figure it out, right? But yeah. now you really don't have a lot of wiggle room you to don't explore, right? At all. I mean, if you want to stay on track, um, we have so many students that we have to really rework every semester when they do change their major or when they start taking courses outside of their major. Right. Like financial aid's not going to pay for that. We've got to get mm-hmm. you back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be in a pathway that's completely wrong for them. Right. So kind of doing their homework ahead of time yeah. really can yeah, pay off. We're spending a little bit more time on that front end. Yeah, that's good. The other thing I really appreciate about Nashville State is that a lot of your faculty have been engaged with the mindset work, which is showing students the purpose and relevance of the courses that they're taking, like a history course, like you mentioned, to their future career plans. Yes. I'm excited about our faculty. They've, they've been really working hard, um, not only with mindset work. We're all um, going through the faculty, not me, yeah. uh, through a queue. We've been sending a lot of through AQ, I think they, they call yeah. it. Um, and, and just today, uh, we had a whole session on plain language mm-hmm. and really trying to help break down how we talk to our students because we find many of them get in that classroom, we're throwing these acronyms or we're going really fast mm-hmm. and they're already feeling inadequate. And then they leave that classroom thinking, I'm too stupid to be here. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. Right. You know, when you first step into higher ed, there's all these acronyms and we're starting FTE and all these words and and the employees don't know what we're talking about. But imagine being a student and Mm -hmm. it took everything in you just to walk in that door and then you get in that classroom and you have a faculty member literally talking language that you don't know that it doesn't inspire you to want to learn and grow. And so we're really working hard to help give faculty tools to understand that on the front end to connect with the students and understand their story because they don't all start on the same place. You've heard me talk about my football field, right? (laughs) And so if you think about a football field with the yard lines, you know, students like me started in the red zone. I'm on the goal line. I didn't work when I was in college. I have so many students starting in their own end zone, and it's going to take all of us to figure out what that student needs to get down the field and score. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the role um, that we have to connect with them as early as possible, mm-hmm. wrap those holistic resources around them. Because mm-hmm. not all of them need academic support. They may need that mental health support, mm-hmm. which has been growing um, and is, is certainly an area of concern. Uh, we don't have a mental health professional we have someone we can send them to that refers. Right. Um, but when you think about a four-year, they have a whole suite of people mm-hmm. um, to help with mental health support and services that, that does impact uh, 
and is a barrier to students just like transportation and child care. Right, right. Yeah, great segue because that's actually one of the, the themes in the book is talking about how students that they talk to when, again, they, you ask them what's on their minds, what's really troubling them. It's not the stuff that we're hearing about necessarily in the media. Um, it's I'm concerned about my level of anxiety, stress, uh, doing well in my coursework. So meant kind of these mental health right. challenges that you're mentioning, um, but also a sense of belonging. So do they feel like they can do college level work? Is college really for them? So you're kind of mentioning, yeah, this this thing that the researchers found at, you know, four-year institutions is playing out here Absolutely. in the two-year as well. Uh, I'm surprised often by students who say they don't feel connected, mm-hmm. that they don't have any friends here. Mm-hmm. You have heard that a time or two. So we've worked hard to build up our, our, our student activities and student clubs and to have choices for students, but right. but they are commuter students. So mm-hmm. it makes it so challenging right. because when do you schedule these events, you right. know, where students can come? Right. But that's really important to them, um, that they feel connected, that they feel a part of something greater than themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that mental health, that, that sense of belonging, the mindset mm-hmm. that I can do it, when they walk in with the I can't and that deficit mindset, you know, mm-hmm. it's our jobs to help turn that around. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. You can do this. But there's also just life. Um, I had another Tennessee Promise student who actually started one fall um, that I just met in the hallway one mm. day. And she was looking to drop out. Oh, no, come see me. I, like literally, I was late for a meeting. I'm like, no, no, I want to talk to the student. Heidi, she was a freshman just out of high school, but she had two kids. That's just right. her reality. Mm-hmm. We see that all the time. And her boyfriend, or I should say father of the child, mm-hmm. decided he was moving to Memphis. So she had no system of support for her students. She was academically capable, mm-hmm. but she took the bus to get here. And so she was like trying to figure out how to get the two kids to wherever they could be for child care to come to class. It was just overwhelming. right? And so that anxiety is sometimes because of mental health challenges, but sometimes the anxiety is the pressure of life. Right. And trying to figure it all out. Right. And so one of the things Nashville State wants to be the best at is trying to help students that have to work and or parent Mm -hmm. be successful Mm -hmm. and having that support Mm -hmm. built around them. And some of that is, you know, scheduling like seven week classes so that Mm -hmm. you're not taking four classes for 15 weeks. You're taking two at a time. And Mm -hmm. some of that is building in that support at the beginning to say what is it you're going to need to be successful here? Right. Let's talk about the reality of being in school because um, every once in a while I get to talk to people that um, want to register, and I get to spend a lot of time doing that. But I remember uh, the first year of Tennessee Reconnect, and I was literally in the labs, like working with students. Uh, it was my first summer here. Mm-hmm. And there was this adult male uh, that I was sitting next to and helping. And so he was like, I'm here because of Tennessee Reconnect. I'm so excited. I said, I'm excited too. <laughs> uh, and so he was like, that's what brought me back. You know, okay. Have you ever been in college? It's been 20 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, do you want to start with two classes? Oh, no. You know, I want to be full time and take everything online. Do you work? 
yes, full time. You have kids. Yes. I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> but for them, it's the excitement of coming back. I know I can do this. It sounds so great. Mm-hmm. And then three weeks in, they're ready to just drop everything. Mm-hmm. And so we want to try to have those conversations earlier mm-hmm. because that managing of life and going to school is very difficult. Just like in our convocation today, a faculty member had to say, sometimes education is not their highest priority. Right. You know, it's keeping a roof over their head. Right. It's feeding their kids. And so we have to understand that we still have content that you need to learn and things you need to master. How do we balance all of that by having Mm -hmm. those very careful conversations? Yeah. Well, one of the things that the authors recommend is that um, post-secondary institutions do a better job of onboarding students. So talking about, you know, what you should be expecting. So they come in and think, you know, I got to be perfect with my grades or I got to be whatever. Being realistic about what you will experience as a student, kind of normalizing that. That's right. And and we don't get to spend enough time doing that, mm-hmm. um, especially in the crunch of now, right? So we have students walking in the door now that want to register for January classes. You don't have hours to spend with them right. to have those conversations. So we are going to be trying to back up some of our, our work, especially with the traditional age students when you have more access to them mm-hmm. to do more things in the summers. But we're really trying to figure out adults. Mm-hmm. One of the things I'm excited about is we're in part with the Urban League of Middle Tennessee uh, with a grant that was funded through the city, Nashville, okay. called Advancing Workforce Equity. Mm-hmm. And so we've created at Nashville State a course called Ready to Reconnect. Mm-hmm. And so we're going into the community to do that career assessment, to talk about what it's really like to be in college or go through a short-term training, identifying what those barriers might be. You have children. Who's going to watch your children while you're going through this training? Mm -hmm. And then really trying to get them connected to not just starting but completing a program. We're hoping many of those students do come to Nashville State, but if nothing else, we want to provide some training so they can earn a higher wage and get on a pathway to economic mobility and stabilization for themselves and their families. Yeah, that's great. Well, speaking of higher ed being uh, famous for its acronyms, <laughs> the authors have created another one that we can use here in this conversation, and it relates to this the the focus that you just had around economic mobility and really this idea of when you attend post secondary institu- institutions, um, you earn what the authors call higher education capital. And, um, you know, this is kind of an ROI kind of conversation about um, when you go to college, what you get. So they define higher education capital or HEDCAP, that's their acronym for it, um, (laughs) as the ability to analyze, reflect, connect, and communicate on issues of importance and interest. So they argue that the degree of HEDCAP is dependent upon where the student is in the process. So you've got more head cap if you finish versus a student who's just here for one year. Um, And so there's a lot of things that can affect that. One of it being the academic programs that they're engaged in, how those are structured, the mission of the institution, the culture of the institution. So I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts as a president on this idea of head cap. Do you agree that, I mean, there's this capital piece that students can earn just by being here and being part of an institution? 
I, I do somewhat. Okay. Um, okay. I think, you know, thinking about their definition, uh, you know, one semester versus completing right. versus is it a year, is it two years? I don't know how you would measure that exactly. I mean, obviously, finishing a degree means you had that stickiness and you stuck with it and you learned more than you would have in one semester. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do believe that education is still a difference maker and it still changes people's lives and exposes them, exposes them to things that they may not have um, considered before. So, right. But when I think of capital, you know, you think of economic mobility (laughs) and and earning power and what does that translate to Mm -hmm. when it comes to how am I going to live Mm -hmm. and and what is my world going to look like? Um, I'm not sure exactly how that that translates that you can take that higher ed H cap or whatever you called yeah, it and, and go into an employer um, right. and, and do something with it. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think it's probably more about like, is this a way to position the importance of uh, going on to get a, a degree or credential, I guess, for the individual, if they're contemplating, you know, is there value or return? I mean, I, I think, you know, we all have the argument, like even the research shows going to college still yes, pays off. That's right? right. That's right. I mean, the research is still very strong that that mm-hmm. college degree and, and the higher the level is, you know, over time, the more you're going to likely earn. I mm-hmm. don't think that that stat has changed. But who knows what it's going to look like in 10, 15 years? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of focus, especially in the Nashville area, on entrepreneurship. Right. And creating your own business and establishing your own wealth. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a college degree to do that. It does mean you need to learn how to think critically and, and, and be financially you know, sound and understand business concepts. Mm-hmm. But the degree itself, that's a whole other conversation. And I think... I think we are rightly being questioned about our value. Mm -hmm. And I think for so long, we didn't have to justify ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a lot of soul searching going on in higher ed right now. Like, who are we and what do we need to be doing? I feel strongly committed because I, I know who my students are. I know what my service area looks like. And when I look at Nashville, we've been importing talent for many years. Mm -hmm. And we haven't invested in our own. So there is a huge equity gap between people that live here and go to the public schools here and those people that are coming in with those high-paying jobs. And Nashville's not going to be the it city if we don't grow our own talent, if we don't invest in our own local people. And I think Nashville State is the institution that needs to be focused on that Mm -hmm. because we can give them that critical thinking and that, you know, being an effective communicator and and giving them the opportunity to earn the credentials Mm -hmm. to get the higher wage job or get into the industries that that are suffering when you look at diversity Mm -hmm. and preparing them for what's next or to be their own entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I just think that the investment and time that they spend here, we have to be able to tell it in a way that resonates with the individuals and the families. Um, you know, with community colleges, we still have the struggle with parents. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to say, yes, we are a real college. Yes, our credits transfer. I mean, you're still having that same conversation in 2023 that that we're a viable pathway to education because you're still back to who I was in high school, that college is for your residential. 
Mm-hmm. And so I do feel like the four years are going to struggle more than we are mm-hmm. to describe that value mm-hmm. because we know who we are mm-hmm. and what we're doing and and preparing them for that next step again, either into work or to that four year is more easily explained mm-hmm. in that value proposition than I think some of my four year colleagues are going to have. Right, right. And I think that's kind of one of the key takeaways that the authors have is that, you know, four year institutions really need to. Again, focus on your core mission. Don't be all things to all people, right? You've got to really hone in on like what's going to set you apart from others in terms of explaining to a student what they're going to get by participating in the college activities, the the programs there. Um, but for for us, for for TBR institutions, you know, being two year in focus, we have a we do have an easier time of that, right? Because we have kind of that. Uh, eye on workforce that's correct very transparent from the beginning um but maybe we still need to do a a better job of these kind of like you say soft skills that explaining how even the gen eds (laughs) yes are still gonna prepare you even if you end up not getting a an associate's degree even taking some of these courses that prepare you to be an entrepreneur are relevant absolutely Uh, we're having a lot of interesting conversations with employers yeah who are looking for alternatives mm-hmm. and their standard practice had been four-year right college degrees right and they're now realizing we don't have to have that mm-hmm. and so then the conversation becomes how do we help upskill who you currently have we've got a fabulous partnership with Vanderbilt University Medical Center where they're upskilling their own employees to get into patient care mm-hmm. um, but also we've got an amazing IT apprenticeship program with Cat Financial where they're taking first-year students and hiring them in IT and working with them. And they're having such success. We're about to have a new group of apprentice because they want employers, mm-hmm. them to have skills and knowledge, but they also want them to have experience. Sure. So you have to bake it into the program. Right. Otherwise, where are they going to get it? Yes. And so that's mm-hmm. been good mm-hmm. that we have more employers, at least in in my experience, Mm -hmm. looking at the community college, like how can we partner? Right. And we're having real conversations. Like with Vanderbilt, I was on the call and I said, so you want them to work full time Mm -hmm. and then come take this accelerated program. But they have families Mm -hmm. and you want them to be able to be successful. Mm -hmm. And so having those real conversations about let's talk about what that really is like Working and going to school and parenting is hard. Right. So with Vanderbilt, they're allowed to work less hours for the same rate of pay. Because who's going to make that choice? I'm going to get less money to go through this program. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, so that they can do both. Mm-hmm. And and that is really uh, making a difference. I like the creativity that's happening, the synergy between oh, industry and yes. your institution. That's great. There's a lot of exciting things happening at Nashville State. So let's talk about this community focus, right? So we're trying to give students a sense of belonging with the community here at the institution. But, I mean, you really are community colleges. Communities in the title, That's right? Correct. Yes. Is you are connecting with the larger community. You've mentioned employers, but there's others that support your work and support students. So really, if we want to think about re-envisioning higher education, it's really thinking holistically about the larger community, right? Oh, absolutely. And you know, the interesting thing, I will say this, having worked at two other community colleges, uh, 
Nashville's pretty unique mm. in how we work together mm-hmm. and the relationships that are being built because many organizations in the Nashville area are all working on the same thing. Mm-hmm. We all want to help get people out of poverty. Mm-hmm. We want to end generational poverty. We want to help people be economically mobile. And so you've got all these different institutions, whether it's Martha O'Brien or it's the Boys and Girls Club or it's, you know, name X, Y, and Z. We're starting to come together more and the partners are talking more. We can't give students all the support they need. Mm -hmm. But I got partners that can help with mental health. I have partners who can help with housing. I have Mm -hmm. partners who can help with child care. And so the more we talk, the more it's like, so why are you not referring students to Nashville State as a pathway for them? And they're Mm -hmm. like, I don't know why we didn't think of it. Mm -hmm. And so now we're we're starting to see the return. Mm -hmm. Not only are they here to help our students, Mm -hmm. some of their clients and the people that they're working with, are now going to come here. Mm-hmm. And so that relationship is really growing. I can think of Project Return, where they work with incarcerated, mm-hmm. re- released people that have been incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Well, they provide some short-term training, but there's many of those there's clients that need to go on and get a degree or another credential. And so why wouldn't we partner mm-hmm. to make that pathway easier? Mm-hmm. What I don't want is for them to just say, go over to Nashville State. I want them to go... Call Fred Frazier at Nashville State, and he will help you navigate. So we're building some really close connections so that students don't get bounced around like ping pong balls right. <laughs> and not know where to go. Right. And that people that are connected to those organizations know who to call at Nashville State. That's been a very important piece, that they don't want to just send them to admissions or mm-hmm. the Welcome Center. They want to connect them to a person and I think we're building a circle of trust where they know when they get here, we're going to take good care of them. Right. What I love about the Nashville State story is you have community partners who are coming to you saying, we want to help. How can we help? And yeah. you have that conversation as opposed to someone kind of like say, well, it's going to be this way. We're going to work with these individuals in this particular way and not having a conversation with right. you about it at all. Right. <laughs> That's correct. I, w- I would say we do not have that here. And I, I know I've talked about Nashville, but the same thing in Montgomery County and, and Dixon and Humphreys. I mean, we serve some very rural communities and, and just recently, uh, Humphreys County, the 21st Century Foundation, established a scholarship for students to attend the Humphreys County campus because, as you might remember, they were hit by the historic flood. Right. And so trying to help them get re-engaged in higher ed is going to take some incentives, and that's a pretty big one, mm-hmm. um, to help pay for their education. And again, that's the beauty, I think, of when we think about whether it's National State or any other institution is the local context is so important to, to keep in mind. And that just because you have it set up a certain way here at National State doesn't mean it will work in another community. You have to have those conversations about what's going to be the best fit for that place. Correct. And it's like that with every student, too. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our long-term strategic plan, we call it Vision 2030, a student-ready college. And I think about Aspen, you know, mm-hmm. there was Community College 1.0 is access, Community College 2.0 is access and, and completion. But Community College 3.0 is access, completion, and post-completion success. So we're focused on post-completion success as well. And so part of the transformation was going from being a college focused on our students being college ready, mm-hmm. where the focus is like, you're not college ready, you're not college ready to us as an institution saying we want to be student ready. 
So no matter whether the student is first-gen, low-income, comes from a great family, homeless, wherever they may come from, we want to be ready to serve that student. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're working on. That's part of the transformation, that there is no one approach. Mm -hmm. Whew. It is complex. Yes, it is. You're managing a complex (laughs) organization because you're having to account for all of these differences. I mean, when you're dealing with people, they're going to have a lot of complexity anyway, right? That's correct. But to be an institution and try to serve all those different needs is challenging. It is, but we want to do it, and we want to do it well. Mm -hmm. It's going to take time. It's going to take resources. It's going to take partnerships. But that's what we're focused on. Yeah. So... As we wrap up our conversation today, I always like to try to have some kind of like final thought, final reflection, um, you know, with all this conversation nationally about questioning the value of higher education, what do you think this sector needs to focus on broadly, post-secondary education, whether it's four-year, two-year, whatever, what do you think we need to do to re-envision uh, our work and better serve the nation? I don't think our work changes. I think the way we talk about our work has to change. And as much as we all probably have professors in business and marketing (laughs) communication, Mm -hmm. I think we need to do some soul searching on how we message the work we do. Because I don't think our work needs to change. I mean, we're doing exactly what we're supposed to do. We are providing a service to individuals that gives them an opportunity to learn and grow and go on to do great and wonderful things. Mm -hmm. But how we talk about that, how we position ourselves, I think is really what we need to focus on. I don't necessarily know that I have the right message (laughs) or tagline or Mm -hmm. marketing campaign, Yeah, but I do think individuals are making decisions every day about whether or not they're going to go and pursue education or not. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have to get in front of AI, and technology pretty fast because a lot of people are saying, I have another way to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's not coming and sitting in the classroom with you. And I think employers are even creating their own ways. They've always done education and training, but sure. I think they're they're leaning into it in some industries more than others that we don't have to jump through these formal hoops to get there. And so I do think that we're going to have to focus on how to message the importance of who we are and what we can contribute, and answer the why. Mm-hmm. And you'd be part of the global economy. That's correct. Yeah. So good talking to you on these issues. Thank you for your perspectives today. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2024 is going to be great. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this edition of From the VC's Bookshelf. Brought to you by TBR, the College System of Tennessee. Powering the state's economy and changing the lives of thousands of graduates starting successful careers each year. To learn more about upcoming book selections or to register to attend discussions live, visit tbr.edu bookshelf.